Matt Brown. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hassenbeff Incorporated. And let's start the show. Now understand something. I'm a flight attendant. That means I attend the flights. Sometimes our job has us attending to crazy people. If you push us too far, you're going to have to attend this ass whooping. You see, because on this particular flight, I'm sitting in the jump seat and I'm just looking at him act a damn fool. He's spitting and cussing and going crazy. I say, that's enough. I got up and I walked over there. And by the way, this man smelled like a pack of Marlboro cigarettes, uh, four shots of Everclear alcohol and regret. So I know something's about to go down. At this point, he touching all over my coworker's breast. And where he fucked up at is when he touched my titties. Cause I don't play that. So what I did is I took out the duct tape. I said, <laughs> he got scared, start stuttering. Say, hold up, wait, 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 wait a minute, something ain't right. I said, yeah, we about to mummify your ass now, boy. So we wrapped him up. <laughs> Better than any Christmas present you ever see. He won't be coming on no more Frontier flights at all. What's going on, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And we are so happy to have you with us on this Thursday, August 12, 2021 day. And we have a lot in store for you. Before we get into our fun, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media, especially this upcoming week. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at Proud Convo Pod. And we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So it's the middle of August. It is really hot in the Northeast. The Yankees are making strides. Like, seriously, very proud of what this team has been accomplishing since Joey Gallo and Mr. Anthony Rizzo have joined the team. The Mets are collapsing. The Giants may be brawling at practice, but apparently they're looking good with a returning Saquon Barkley. The Knicks signed Kimba Walker. Lots of good things going on in New York sports. The masks are back indoors, and oh, all the various opinions I have regarding that. All I want to say is do the right thing so we can get this over with. Simple as that. We've hit the year and a half mark with this. And um, going backwards because of the mask mandate really fucking sucks. Seriously, simple as that. And um, I'm not going to go preach. I'm not going to do anything else beyond this point. But all I will say is do the right thing and get vaccinated, and let's put this all behind us. That is all I will say with that. Do the right thing, and let us end this period of life known as the COVID-19 pandemic. But in other things to look forward to, this is the 97th episode of the Productive Conversations podcast. 
97 episodes. Who would have thought? We started on October 20th, and we are at 97 shows. Thank you to my amazing guests for making this happen, and thank you to the greatest listeners and fans in the world for making this possible. So what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks? The show will be off for a week, but that doesn't mean we're going to not give you any content. So as I mentioned Check out our social media next week as we celebrate the first 100 episodes. Hashtag Road to 100. And every single day, we are going to show a highlight video of some of our favorite moments from the Productive Conversations podcast. Really neat things. Showing off the most amazing guests I've had over the first 97 episodes and so on. And we have a lot to celebrate and be thankful for. So again, check out social media all next week as the show is off as we celebrate the first 100 episodes of this podcast. Again, the Instagram is at Productive Conversations Podcast. Twitter is at Pod. TikTok is at Productive Conversations. And we will be back on Monday, August 23rd, reflecting on WWE SummerSlam with the WWE crew. Then on Thursday, the 26th, we have our first in-studio guest since late December. And then, yeah, the 100th episode as of now, assuming nothing major happens... It looks like the 100th episode will be on August 30th, which that makes two weeks from Monday will be our 100th show, and we will be celebrating and making more content until then. We have officially booked the 100th episode, and all I will say is you will like it. We have two guests specifically. It is going to be epic, special, and a full circle in many ways. So you will enjoy the 100th show. Be in tune for that. And until then, we will continue to do our thing, make great content, entertain, inform, and inspire the greatest audience and listeners in the world. We will have a lot of fun doing it, while most importantly, staying productive. So what's the show today? So originally, we had Louie coming on the show, but due to technical difficulties, that show is not possible for today. But it will be on as soon as we come back, and we will enjoy that. So instead, we have a very special guest today, a very wholesome warm-hearted and kind soul and this person really is one of the nicest people I ever met and I really mean it I deeply mean it so with that my guest on today is Chris DeGray Chris and I met at UHart Chris always was a great and fascinating person with the various talents he has acting on the stage, his special, happy, carefree, and wholesome attitude. And like I said, he's literally one of the nicest guys you've ever met. I mean, he's just so friendly to whoever it is. He's willing to be patient with people, and he really, really brings a lot of joy to the people he's around. And now it's time for him to bring joy to you, the greatest listeners and audience members in the world. So let's get to know Chris DeGray a little more, talking about him traveling, theater. He worked at Six Flags, so we get some behind-the-scenes discussions about what it's like to work at such a big amusement park. I really think this will be a lot of fun, and everyone's going to enjoy it. I guarantee it. So with that, Chris DeGray, it's your turn. Let's start the show. Wow. 
this is an exciting day here on the Productive Conversations podcast. Why is that? Because I have one of the kindest souls I ever met out of the University of Hartford. This person is going to bring us so much joy, tell us so many great stories, and we're going to learn a lot from him. So without further ado, Chris DeGray is on the Productive Conversations podcast, everybody. Chris, what's going on, my friend? I'm doing pretty good, and I'm happy to be here today and um, hope to add something to the show, Matt. Oh, I am confident that you will be. So, Chris, this is fantastic. Love the shirt. I really do. As I've done plenty of these, that is one of my favorite shirts. I honestly might ask you afterwards you get that because I'm going to go um, get it myself, honestly. I feel like like special pledge, special button-down shirts with special designs are in right now. So can't complain there. Where did you get that, if you know the top of your head? Yeah, I got it for Forever 21. I always like um, their new kind of catalogs they get. And sometimes they have some good stuff. Sometimes they don't. It's always kind of a mixed bag. But this is one of my favorite ones I found there. Excellent. Sweet. So thanks to our friends out at Forever 21. And I am generally going to be looking out for that very soon. So first things first, Chris, how's your 2021 been? Um, Obviously, it's been a... uh, adjustment for what took place the year prior, but I'm sure someone with as much intelligence and talent as you, you're able to make the most of it. But I would love to hear how uh, this past, the past eight months has been for you. Talk to me, Chris. How's 2021 been? It's actually been a pretty great year so far. Um, yeah, at the beginning of the year, things were still like a little scary with the pandemic getting worse again. And um, my roommates and I actually moved into a new apartment complex, which is always um, an exciting development, too, because it was a lot nicer and bigger than our old one. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since though, since I got vaccinated, I believe it was I want to say May, I believe Um, I felt a lot better because I was actually able to kind of do things this whole summer and be able to go out and get a lot more plans. And I have a lot planned for the rest of the year, too. So it feels good to go out and do stuff because I love to travel. Um, So I'm excited to be able to do that again because 2020, I didn't really go anywhere other than the New Mm -hmm. England area. (laughs) Um, So it was um, it feels good to actually be able to have um, a summer again and go out and be safe and do a lot of fun things. Beautiful, beautiful. Where exactly are you located right now? Where you reside? I live in um, Manchester, Connecticut. So I'm still actually fairly close to you, Hart. Sweet. And yes, that's where me and Chris met at the University of Hartford. We're going to at the STN2 TV station where Chris really stride an excellent reporter and anchor. So um, you hit on traveling. Why don't we hit on that some more? So, Chris, you are a traveler, as you just mentioned. Um, I think it's just definitely people already taking advantage of the traveling if they have that bug in them. So I would just love if you could elaborate more of that about your travels in the world. What, when did you really start traveling on your own? What have been some of the places that you have gone to and discovered? And what were some of the things you learned from going to these special places? Yeah, so ever since when I kind of came to college, it was always a goal of mine to study abroad because um, like I always went on like family trips growing up and everything, but my family is not really a big traveling family. It's just mm-hmm. never been a uh, priority as much for them, um, but it was always something I really wanted to do. So it was always a goal of mine. And come junior year, um, I paid for it myself, my first study abroad trip All for right. spring break where we went to London and um, Barcelona. 
And ever since then, that was when I really caught the travel bug after that, because it was an amazing trip. The professors were really great and they just mainly wanted mm. us to have a fun time. Of course, learn while we're there, but overall, they wanted you to more learn about the culture of the place, which is kind of what I wanted from the experience was to really learn about the culture and um, different types of cultures and like go to like different art museums and other yeah. stuff overseas. So it was always something, it was like a dream of mine. And I actually went with the same professor as my senior year too, um, to Paris and um, Vienna and Budapest. So it was a really great experience, both trips with them. Excellent. What was like one of the, some of the biggest culture shocks? You go into a new place. That's awesome. You were able to pay for it yourself. So I'm sure you want to especially take that in. I've earned my place to get in this world but you go there i'm sure um things are were different back then not a lot of um annoying american things that we like to do but uh you know it's good to learn from other cultures but what were some of the biggest culture shocks that you got of you got out of going to these various places your budapest your vienna your london what was some of the shocks that you got out of going there yeah. Um, one kind of funny story. I don't know if it was as much of a shock, but I just always find it humorous was when I was in London, we went through the Sweeney Todd kind of um, like kind of telling of like the dark side of London, Ooh. which was really cool. And there was one place where we were talking with one of the workers there and they were asking where we were from. And we were like, oh, we're from Connecticut. And they were just like, that is such an exotic sounding place. And I'm just like, <laughs> have you ever been to Connecticut? It's the complete opposite of exotic. So that was really, I don't know if it was as much of a culture shock, but I just always found it hysterical that someone would think that a place like Connecticut, for us, it doesn't, it's like, it's Connecticut, but to someone that's never been there, it sounds like it's a really cool, exciting place. Yes, I'm sure the Merritt Parkway brings out that exoticness from our state. <laughs> that is exactly. funny. <laughs> <laughs> or Lake Compounds or wherever. Wow, that, that... <laughs> I'll tell you, there are some people who have that feeling that they have that, but that is pretty funny, actually. Oh, my goodness. Now, what were some of obviously you go to a new place, you try new foods, don't have your McDonald's, you don't have many uh, American grocery stores to make your stuff. Can you talk to me about some of the great foods you were trying? You know, you're being Anthony Bourdain and seeing these new culture foods. What were some of the foods that really soothed was soothing to you and you enjoyed and maybe you go out and Amazon it back home and freeze uh, asking to freeze it up for you yeah for me I'm I'm like the pickiest eater so the most things I tried were probably desserts overall mm. but I did try a lot of desserts. go wrong with that and one of my favorites that I never had before was when I went to Paris and started um, having macaroons for the first time. Mm. And I never had one before because I just never, never really heard of them. And now I know they're kind of all over here, too, even though it is a French thing. And they were the most amazing thing. They're just like small and it really melts in your mouth and getting all the different flavors. And of course, over overseas, they make them the best. It's not ever compared to how they are here, but they're oh, still goodness. really good. And whenever I get a chance, even if I'm just going to Costco, I always get the pack of them whenever I see them. And it makes me think of back being in Paris. Oh, see, bringing something home with you, literally. And then love for macaroons. Now, as we are slowly at the other side of this, I understand Delta variant mass are back. Oh, I know vaccine push, a vaccine push has been happening. So good thing there. So assuming that 
we really are at the end of this. We're at the fourth quarter and we can now uh, travel to places again. What are some of the places you really strive and hope to go to? Where I should say, where are these places? Yeah, I definitely have a couple places in mind. Um, probably nothing international for me, at least until like I was thinking 2023, 2024, because I'd want to wait more for a while for that. Yeah. But one exciting place I really want to go to next year is Wyoming, actually, because one of my Wyoming. friends lives there. And it's mm. a place I've never really have had on my bucket list, really. But I've seen all of her photos and they're so amazing and so beautiful. And um, she invited us to come. She actually invited us originally for this year, but just with other travel plans and stuff and vacation days, it didn't work out. But I started planning for it for next year um, to go down for a week and visit her with another one of my friends and see Yellowstone and everything over there because it just is more a very if you're going there, you're mainly seeing nature and yeah. it's just so gorgeous and breathtaking. And every place she goes, it's like, it doesn't look real. Like it doesn't look like anything <laughs> I've seen before. So it made it a really um, top notch priority. And plus it's always great to know someone when you're going over there too, to be able to visit right. them. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Cause I get to be able to see her, but I also get to see this brand new gorgeous place. Well, you know, when you look at these things, they look like the uh, screensavers on our laptops. Now you can make those pictures yourself. That must be really exciting. And yeah, I think there's something to see in that other side of the country. Not as much exposure or media coverage and see how people live and uh, see their various opinions, whether you agree with them or not. It's nice to hear other perspectives in this country, you know. Yeah, and it's definitely because it's a lot different over there than over in like the New England type culture, or even if you're yeah. going more down south too, it's like every part of the US kind of has its own feel to it, which is right. a really unique aspect of the US where it's kind of like you're going to another country, but it's only like yeah, right. another state. <laughs> I want to see that myself too, those Wyoming's, Idaho, Big Plain states. That's very cool. Very, very, very interesting. Yeah, I uh really only started traveling till after college first i went to los angeles for the first time back in uh october 19 seeing that culture and socal and uh it was really sweet and i like you want to see some other places as well think more domestic too like i'd like to see new orleans i've never heard a bad thing about people who traveled there or nashville or texas or uh like even niagara falls could just drive up there i'd like to see what else this uh country has to offer and then yeah i'd like to go see the italy or london england and see what's up over there yeah a lot of those ones have been bucket list items for me especially italy and um yeah. new orleans and la those three especially have been ones i've always heard a lot of great things about and have wanted to go and visit um and check out the culture over there because each of those places too is so unique like mm-hmm. they're very like very different than a lot of other places and a lot of cool stuff to see yeah and make new friends all over the other side of the country and they uh, can have your back when you need them. So I, you have my support in those endeavors. And if you want to make a TV show out of it, I'll watch it. Oh, thanks a lot too. And um, that's also <laughs> actually one of my favorite things when traveling is meeting people Yeah, um, because there are people and a lot of times, like I might like add them on Snapchat or something mm-hmm. or like on Facebook. And it's really interesting to see this one person that you really know nothing about. Um, but you remember that like one encounter where you met them. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool just to kind of see their life and um, <laughs> what happened, even though like, you only knew them for like 
a day where you met them on like um like a group excursion or something yeah. like that yeah so it's kind of cool meeting people all around oh yeah those random instagram friends like uh, there's got to be a word for it but um <laughs> it is kind of funny in that perspective and add to the follow count and to your culture as well so you it's Strangers are just friends you haven't met yet. Most of the time. I know there's some weird strangers, but um, the importance of opening yourself out there. You never know where they can lead you. Maybe they know somebody who can help you get a job or something or they can uh, you might really impress them. So it's always nice to uh, make new friends. Key with that. Exactly. And especially after 2022, where we've all been cooped up, it's so nice to actually be able to go and meet other people again, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it adds to it. And you, uh, it's something we all went through, too. We all have this connection in this time. So that's a great icebreaker for anything. What did you do the pandemic or which vaccine did you get or <laughs> all these new things in our post uh, in our post pandemic world? So. One thing I want to nerd out with you, Chris, because I know you're a fan. I know you have experience with it. Is theater. I know you've performed at U-Hard. You've performed outside of U-Hard. Um, now this is a time where we're starting to see theater communities come back. That's what's great about this fall, whether Broadway or regional community theater or national tours. It's now time to start to have storytelling on the screen. Oh, no, not on the screen, on the stage again. Talk to me about how excited you are, first of all, that theater is coming back. And do we do we see in the near future a return on the stage for the great Krista Gray? Yes, I'm definitely very excited for theater to come back because even during the pandemic, I tried to keep it alive as much as I could, too, um, by mm -hmm. seeing either like recorded ones or, of course, when Hamilton came out on Disney Plus was really great. Yes. Game um, changer that summer. Man. So it's like I tried to like at least keep it alive during that time, but I'm so excited for it to return. I already have some actual rescheduled shows at the Bushnell in um, Connecticut All right. um, that I'm going to be seeing that I was supposed to see back in 2020, but they luckily didn't cancel. They just um, rescheduled the tour. So I'm going to be seeing um, the band's visit in Dear Evan Hansen in the future. So All right. Both of those. And, and we I got the movies. And we got the movie adaption of Dear Evan Hansen this summer, too. Or this fall. Um, yeah. Sorry, you you were saying, could we see the great return of Chris DeGray on the stage anytime soon? Yes, I definitely hope to be on the stage again. Um, I was I was thinking of because I've also done Fright Fest at Six Flags New England, and I was thinking of making a return this fall, but um, it was more not even like from a Corona concern. It was more mm -hmm. due to like a scheduling concern that I already have a couple weekends blocked out, and the right. few that I don't have blocked out. Halloween's my favorite season. I didn't really want to be working as much as, as fun as it is doing Fright Fest. Um, Especially after this, you this is the first real return of the spooky season. So I'm sure you want to take it all in. Exactly. Yeah. Cause luckily last year I was able to still go to um, Headless Horseman in New York um, cause they were doing their haunted attraction there, which was a lot of fun. And um, I was able to at least get a little bit of the spooky season, but this year I want to try to go as all out as I can now that's kind of back to a normal say. Um, yeah. But 
Um, that's one of my hopes is to return there eventually, probably next year. But I do All actually right. want to go on to a more traditional stage too with community theater because I've looked around at some things, but it really depends on my schedule and what the show is. Yeah. Because, um, of course, like I want to make sure that it's something I could fully commit to. Um, For sure. Where if I have like a trip planned or something, I'm like, eh. and also to be the right show too. Um, but it's definitely something that I have been looking um keeping an eye out for and seeing if there's the right show where i'm going to try to audition for and get back on stage because i do truly miss it excellent well we're very excited for that and chris when you get cast please let us know so we can promote your appearance for that but in the past tell us some about some of your favorite roles you ever done you mentioned fright fest and i do have a whole section on six flags because i know you work there and i'd love to um save that for the end of the show but besides a fright fest and such uh what are some of your best and most enjoyable experiences on the stage yeah one of um actually my favorite roles that i did was one that i wasn't expecting to be my favorite role mm-hmm. um because it was kind of on a whim my senior year in college that i auditioned for the rocky horror show yes. um Shadowcast. classic and when I auditioned for it, it was kind of one of those last minute decisions. I was like, yeah, if I get cast, I get cast. And I ended up getting cast as Riff Raff. Okay. Um, and I was not expecting that either because I was originally mm-hmm. just kind of going for um, one of like the background people. I wasn't really trying to be like one of the main ones in there. And I ended up loving it because um, I only saw the show a few times. I didn't, I knew about it and liked it, but I wasn't like a full like Rocky person yet. But mm. by the end of that show, it was like um, my blood. Like I loved it, <laughs> loved it so much. It was one of my favorite roles. I had the most fun on stage and it was truly an instance of the show must go on too because yeah. the week of the show um i had like a really bad bug um oh. where i had like a, i think like a 102 degree fever and everything and my oh. doctor's like you probably should rest and i was like no i'm going on that stage yeah you're riff um, let's do the time warp again i mean you have to say those words and lead them exactly. so well look at that that's that's actually really that's really intriguing and uh yeah it's so fascinating that that story and the midnight theater showings and uh you know the legendary cult status that show has both on stage and screen that's really that's really awesome to hear that's that's cool and now you have bragging rights to say that you've uh, done riffraff what was your favorite number being riffraff in the show um I probably have to be on on the basic side with it and say time warp because it's just so much fun. Like to me, it's just the most fun to do there. I love it. It was a lot of fun doing that number. I love the dance. It's just yeah. crazy too. And it, it was fun um, working with the actress that played Columbia too. We mm-hmm. just kind of had like a lot of fun there. And, um, and Columbia and Magenta, we kind of all just had like a lot of fun time together. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Well, it's a staple for a reason and a great show tune. So I don't blame you on that. And uh, that's 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 so epic, Chris. That's that's really cool. That is really, really cool. And some other shows I'm just curious. What are some of the shows that you don't really care for? Like, is there a show that maybe a whole group of people like and you're so so on is there any shows you may not understand while other people do and of course before we nerd out on the ones we like but what are some of the shows that maybe you don't really feel 
There's one show that I, I really truly despise, um, hmm. both the movie and the Broadway show, um, is Cats. I saw it first yes. with the Bushnell, and then I saw <laughs> the movie kind of as a joke. Oh, and both man. versions, I hated. I thought it yeah. was so bad. I was just confused the whole time, and I was like, I don't want people to think this is what musical theater kids are like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that show is one I... I really don't like. I've never been the biggest Andrew Lloyd Webber fan besides really? the Phantom of the Opera. Phantom hmm. of the Opera is, of course, a classic and I love it. But a lot of his right. other shows I haven't been a fan of because I really hate Cats. I also don't like Jesus Christ Superstar hmm. or um, Avita. So I've never really been able to get into a lot of his shows. But Cats is truly the worst. I've, I've really hated it. <laughs> yeah. And it's ironic because it was at one point the longest running Broadway show till as you said, the other Andrew Lloyd Webber phantom took that and still um, has that streak technically. So yeah, it's a cats is a tough one, especially the movie version. And you have all these great cast members. The only one that's respectable performance is Jennifer Hudson. But again, when you had the ridiculous CGI, it's a, it's hard to take seriously tough role for James Corden. That one at Taylor Swift, but uh, Hey, at least they uh, did something, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, you know, another one show I don't really uh, feel for as some others may. And it's ironic because I actually that was my first Broadway show was Rock of Ages. Now, I liked the music. I like that nostalgic sound, but I don't know if he plots. There was another confusing revolving stage. Um I guess if you like the nostalgia stuff and my my mom is everything about the 80s, but that was one show I didn't um, really feel for. And also the movie adaption really panned. So uh, I guess there's a nice correlation with that. But what are some of the shows that you do love, the ones that inspire you, the ones that you will put on um, the ones you will bump on your Spotify while walking the street or at the gym or whatever. What are some of the shows that really bring you some life? Yeah. One of my absolutely favorite shows is one that I feel like isn't a terribly well-known one um, come from away, which I think is breathtakingly gorgeous. Um, The uh, nine 11 story. Correct. Yeah, that is correct. And um, it's just, it's one of those stories you never heard of, I feel like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for people who don't know, Come From Away is a show, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but I believe it, 9-11, obviously, horrific day, but obviously you needed planes, couldn't fly into New York, so one on their way to New York um, flew down in a rural can- Canadian town, I believe, right? And yeah, the Canadian town of um, Gander in Newfoundland. Interesting. And, you know, it's basically about, you know, bringing people in a horrific situation, creating a community from it, I believe. Right. Yeah, that's correct. It's um, it's really gorgeous, too, of all these people that were brought there, like because it was this small kind of um, airport and small town um, where they mm. had now all these people and all these various planes of scared people that were la- needed to be landed somewhere. So they were kind of from all over the world. And this town gathered together and got food for these people and um, got clothes for them and took care of them. And 
tried to comfort them and made room, of course, for them to like pray and um, get phones to try to call their loved ones to and really take care of all these people. And the show is really gorgeous and focuses on a couple characters and um, their stories and um, kind of what's happened to them and how they got here and what their worries are. Um, and it's a really gorgeous show of just people coming together in this horrific tragedy and how their lives were also changed for it um, mm. by being there and meeting these people that it's heartbreaking that they would have never met if it wasn't for one of the most awful things in our history. Yeah, it's uh, funny how that all came together. And I guess it shows even in the worst times you can make some silver lining. Yeah, that's a really great choice. Are there any other shows that bring you life or you really enjoy besides that? Yeah, another favorite of mine is Wicked. I've always mm. really loved Wicked. It was um one of my first shows I saw on Broadway and I really enjoyed it. It was just one of those shows. It's just so epic and grand in scale. And I've always loved anything Wizard of Oz related. Oh, yes. Um, and the music is just amazing it's phenomenal so that's one that's another one i've always really enjoyed is wicked too classic even though it is a android lloyd Webber one. Oh no that one oh wait no no sorry that's a sondheim's excuse me I yeah believe. it's steven it's not sondheim it is a steven though i forget his actual full name but steven something whoops yes steven schwartz another great legend is, i yes. messed that one up but that's why we make up for it but steven schwartz obviously Prince of Egypt or Godspell Pippin, some of those names that he shows that he created. So see, we're always learning something. (laughs) Exactly. You know, one show, my favorite show or some, the ones that stick out to mine, I really liked in the Heights really, really, even before the movie adaption, which was great. It really was a great movie adaption. That's really a show that stuck out to me. Um, right before the Hamilton wave, because there was a person from Norwalk named Robin DeJesus, the original Sonny, who's had a great Broadway career in his own right. But that show was really cool. Introduced Lin-Manuel Miranda before he obviously became a namesake and an iconic figure. I think that show really stuck out to me, combining Latin music with some hip hop and, and a really, really interesting story i think as well with great ensemble cast to pull it off i think that's really sweet i could do an opening number from from my head i really could you could put me there on karaoke whatever it's uh that one really slaps for me really love rent love combining that rock element the la bohem um adaption and i mean this real catchy tunes and and i like um it fascinates me like that old gritty New York city where it takes place. And, uh, I think that is a great show movie adaptions, uh, a little bit disappointing, but maybe they'll try again. Uh, those are the ones that really, uh, bring me joy. And I also love West Side story. I really like classics like that. And like the Roger Hammerstein shows that my dad really put me on your carousels and your uh, King and eyes and sound of music. Those are really cool to me too. 
Yeah, those are all shows that I very much love too. And um, In the Heights too is one. I've never seen the stage show. I only saw the movie mm. and the movie made me now really want to see the stage show because oh, yeah. that movie was phenomenal. The music I loved, the cast I thought was perfect. And it was just such like a light, like it was just brought, like I feel like light into the world that it was just such like a good story. And the cast Absolutely. you could see was having the time of their lives too. Literally. And you like the... um you know, the relevant um, stuff for Latin and Latinx culture, too, even with immigration and living in um, their communities with gentrification. I think they had um, all blended well for a very worthwhile story. It's something to think about, too. And, yeah, I think Anthony Ramos, who was Usnavi, he's going to be a big um, leading man in Hollywood. I really think so. Yeah, he definitely will, because he. He killed it as he snobby. He was so, so good. And yes, that story was so timely and something that yeah. was very much needed because you don't really see a lot of Latinx-led movies, which is something yeah. that really needs to change in Hollywood. Absolutely. It's time to show, okay, we, we're now at a point where showing authenticity in your storytellers. And this is a great opportunity to start those, that trend. And um, yeah, it was great that they were able to show that in a non- preachy corny way you just let them tell the story and then you don't need to you know throw out why this is relevant you just let it go show not tell you know what i mean exactly that was the perfect thing is it makes you feel where it's like they don't really just like preach it to you it's the story's told and they're telling you like the issues that they're going through and you just really feel for them and understand when oh watching yeah the story too and also, when you have great choreography and music numbers, that's uh, that's how you know. I mean, you know, it was great. Corey Hawkins was really great as Benny. I mean, you've seen him play a gangsta in, in uh, Dr. Dre, straight out of Compton, and then he just turns a 180 playing, you know, this uh, very delicate soul, just has a nice crush on someone and try to make most of it. I think he really stuck out, too. And your Nina was great as well. And Vanessa, whose names I will pull up really quick because they deserve the recognition. And um, in Leslie Grace's Nina Rosario and um, Melissa Berea, Berea. I'm, if I'm blanking that, I'm sorry, uh, as Vanessa. So mother ones. But it's just cool to see some up and coming stars and really seeing the movie musical make a real push right now. Obviously, In the Heights was like Dear Evan Hansen coming out at the end of the summer. Uh, you have Jonathan Larson's Tick, Tick, Boom coming on Netflix this fall. And then you have a West Side Story remake with Steven Spielberg directing it. The movie musicals make it a push, Chris. This must excite you as well, is it? Yes, I'm very excited for all the ones you mentioned, too, because um, it's really like this year they gave us all of the musical movies in one year, because usually I feel like yeah. you get one, maybe two a year. Mm -hmm. But this year you got a whole bunch and it makes me really excited. Yes. Another one I'm excited for, too, is Camila Cabello's Cinderella take. Oh, yes, that's Amazon right. Prime. <laughs> yeah, that's another one that I'm really pumped up for because I love her. And also I love Billy Porter, who's going to be playing on um, the fairy godmother. Yes, so I think it's going to be really great. Those two have made a real push these last few years. And I mean, Camilla's has some voice of an angel. She's great. Fantastic. So what are some of we talked about favorite theater shows? What are some of your favorite movie musicals? As you mentioned, another one, Prom was really good. I understand it had some criticism, but, you know, it was a cool little story as well. And based on a true story, that was another one made another push. Um, 
What are some of the other movie musicals that really pump you up? Yeah, yes, I definitely did love um, The Prom, despite um, James Corden being a bit rough in it. But um, Yeah, a rough, rough time for film. him lately in some <laughs> roles. But uh, yeah. he's very talented. He's won a Tony. We, he'll, uh, he'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because, uh, But the movie itself was really good, and Meryl Streep killed it. Oh, yeah. But, People really need to reckon. Obviously, Meryl Streep's the GOAT in uh, being a female actor and such, but... She has some voice and always had this great voice to her. I think people should really recognize that, too, on top of her greatness, you know? Exactly, because her voice is amazing because she can really do like the very light parts, but she can also really do like the powerhouse numbers, too. Oh, yeah, she really can do anything. And she's actually in my all-time favorite movie, period, uh, Mamma Mia, which is my oh, yeah, all-time favorite duh. movie musical and all-time favorite movie. Um, I absolutely love it. And the sequel is my second all-time favorite movie. <laughs> I've only um, seen the I first one, not films. the sequel yet, but I've heard that's not a sequel that's um, going to disappoint. So, you know, I'm encouraged for that. And fun fact, I met, well, I didn't meet, I was next to Amanda Seyfried once um, waiting for a plane. She was right there, the equivalent of me, like literally two feet away. I could have totally said, hey, what's up? But I was so scared. I don't want to have a bad Amanda Cypher moment. I remember she was specifically reading a script. So I, she was getting in the zone, but uh, no one recognized her or at least, uh, you know, was fanboying. But um, I, that I have uh, was very I was once in the proximity as Amanda Seyfried and hopefully I get to tell her that someday. Yeah, no, yeah, because I, if I if I ever saw her, I'd have to say something because I'd want a photo. Because <laughs> um, I was like, I'd be like, that's my all time favorite movie. Because that's the thing yeah. is, I'd only go up to a celebrity if I could say something to them. Because I wouldn't yeah, want right. to go up to someone and just be like, I want a photo and not tell them anything that I like <laughs> appreciate about them. Yeah, I want to be able to tell them a story or something of their works that I really enjoy. Yeah, your connection to them besides your Instagram mega liked picture, you want to. Uh... You want to show that they uh, did something uh, meaningful to them. But um, back to the movie musicals, what are some of your other movie musicals you like besides Mamma Mia? Is there any other ones that uh, really uh, you really liked, whether as a kid or now? Another one I also always really enjoyed was Hairspray, the mm. one with um, John Travolta, because um, that one I absolutely yeah. love. That's probably that's like definitely one of my all time favorite films, too. And also one of my all time favorite musicals that I really have loved because um, I feel like it's just like a great story. And that cast was completely game for it, too. Um, and that's when I actually kind of prefer the movie to the stage version I've seen. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've heard that before, but I've seen hairspray live on the tv and also at community theater and i just never really liked the way it's played as much on stage mm. or i thought the movie did it really well because um a lot of times on stage they play edna a little bit more comedic but her mm -hmm. singing isn't as well i always think and in the movie i thought john Travolta's voice he more focused on having a good singing voice rather than just being like funny yes which I, um i thought kind of added to it because i don't really like the way the songs are sung in the stage versions because they kind of just do them more for laughs mm. Um, yeah, but that's one thing I really appreciated about him is he did it more for the musical value. Obviously, legend in the movie musical stage. I mean, don't forget he he did uh he did Grease. I mean, geez, we're keep growing up those numbers and a great actor all in all. Um, 
yeah, my favorite movie musical is West Side Story, just classic. And obviously, you can see from my wall, I just love being around great culture. And that's that's just bawling. And it's um, at the time, too, uh, it was the first time really showing off Latin actors and uh, obviously getting gaining more roles since then. Obviously, the great Rita Marino makes big moves in it. The late. Uh, the, well, why am I blanking? How can I be blanking? Um, Natalie Wood as Maria. Uh, I mean, just one of the greatest movies in general. And I love sound again, back to Roger Hammerstein, sound and music, the legendary Julie Andrews with the role of a lifetime. Those are some that really stick out to me. Um, and I mean, obviously this is not a movie, movie musical, but the film version of Hamilton is uh, always a treat. So those are the ones that really stuck out to me. Love the classic ones. Uh, another one, Barbara Streisand and Funny Girl. I mean, she's still rock and rolling with it. So I love the classic movie musicals, especially. Rocky Horror Picture Show is another one. So the first one for yeah. Susan Sarandon. So um, this is then obviously Tim Curry's legendary performance in it. So I just love talent, Chris, as you can tell. Yes, definitely. And West Side Story is also another favorite for me, too. And um, it makes me I'm excited for the Steven Spielberg one because I know it's going to be great. But to me, nothing will beat the classic one. Oh, yeah. I love that one so much. And Rita Moreno is just no one can beat Rita Moreno. She's just no. one of like the all time greats. Exactly. Like, she's phenomenal. <laughs> even at the, even though I know the show just ended, but I mean, staying relevant with one day at a time, the uh, Netflix version and still being funny and moving around. Um, you got to appreciate her and she's won an EGOT. So you always love the EGOT winners. Most of them. <laughs> Exactly. And one day at a time, that was when I was really sad, got canceled because I was like, yeah. how can you cancel Rita Moreno? <laughs> that was like my thought. I was like, how can you cancel her? That show oh, was amazing. Exactly. Legitimately funny. Um, and I know people always feel the the uh, sitcom's going to die. But then you have shows like that or um, that keeps making it move. And uh, I also really like Justina Machado was great in that. And um, Isabella Gomez is going to go places. So, yeah, just keep showing that talent, everybody. Oh, man. So, Chris, I'm so interested in this next part. I know it. I know you used to work, as you mentioned this before, you worked at Fright Fest. You used to work at Six Flags, correct? Yeah, I worked at Six Flags from, um, I think it was, yeah, 2017 to 2019, where in 2017 and 2018, I did the full season from summer, fall to um, um, holiday season. And then for 2019, I just came back for Fright Fest. How about that? You worked at an amusement park. I feel like if there was one thing I wish I did younger, I'd, I'd like to work at an amusement park, even though it's been a, excuse me. Long time since I've been in one. I love the amusement park. I mean, you literally go to a world of fun. Can you talk to us what exactly you did at Six Flags? Yeah, it was um, it was definitely like the dream job. I absolutely loved it. Um, I wish I started earlier too, because beforehand um, I worked at Staples, which is obviously not, not <laughs> the world of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a little different. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of wish I thought to apply earlier. But at the same time, things come into your life for the right reason at the right time. Right. Um, I always believe so it was probably the right time for me to do it in 2017. 
and I absolutely loved it. I worked in the entertainment department right. um, for in 2017. I was there for the summer and the fall. And then that holiday season, I did the games. Um, so I did a switch there just because my availability was um, fairly bad that year because I had a yeah. couple things that I had to take days off. And for entertainment in the holiday, you really much have to be like have a full open slate because I very much need you for every day. And then um, in 2018, I did the entertainment department for all summer, fall, and um, the holiday season. Then, of course, in 2019, when I came back for Fright Fest, I did the entertainment department then, too. Great, great. So before we hit on the entertainment part, so when you work the games, are you literally that person? Like, you know, shoot a basketball, I'll guess your weight, or throw the uh, little Frisbee things into a bottle. Is that literally you? Yeah, the one I usually worked is um I did the one kind of like where as you were saying like throw the frisbees or like the little hoops onto the mm-hmm. bottles or um I was on whack a mole also a lot whack a um <laughs> which it was I really enjoyed it um my parents thought I was crazy at the time because I was basically standing outside in the freezing cold for <laughs> quite a few hours but I I very much enjoyed it um and being in entertainment too i was very talkative too on the midway like i was very much able to kind of drum up like i never was like quiet because even one of the people next to me they're like oh are you new here you t- you like talk a lot i'm like that's because that's i'm doing my job yeah right <laughs> like, that's what i was hired to do <laughs> yeah I, i'm just here to <laughs> help you out we're not all introverted or quiet not that there's anything wrong with that but you know you have to um you have to bring some pizzazz. So I have to ask this to be fair, Chris. Are those things rigged? Those games? Are they pulling us? Are they? Uh, should we stay away, or uh, we all just stink and we need to work practice on this stuff? Um, at least with Whack a Mole, Whack a Mole was not rigged. Uh, I don't know how the <laughs> inner game mechanics work, but I know someone always wins. No matter what, there's always one person that can win in that game, and. That was how most of the ones I worked were, was there was always going to be a winner for the most part. Okay, I don't really cool. work any of the ones where people were just kind of tossing away money at a point. Um, there are some that are probably like that. They just weren't the ones that um, I really was working on. Yeah, you'll expose um, them. Don't go over here. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, well, now that is assuring. See, that's something we will learn. There is a fair shot for everybody. And now with the entertainment aspect of Six Flags. So were you the person who, I mean, you mentioned that you've done the acting with the Fright Fest. Were you the person who escorted characters? Were you one of the characters in those famous suits? What exactly did you do in the entertainment part? I was an escort for the characters. Um, So I've always wanted them out. It's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, you definitely like because you have to have like a lot of energy, especially to get guests to listen and stay in line, because mm-hmm. and especially to work with kids um for all your sets too and be able to kind of give them that special experience. Um, so that was what I did for the summers. I was always an escort for it. And um I really enjoyed it and working um and being able to learn a lot about the Looney Tunes and also the DC yeah. superheroes and villains. Um, they're all a lot of fun to go out with. Um, I did enjoy always working with the superheroes and villains because I could actually talk with them and they'd respond to me. Yeah. Where if I was <laughs> talking with one of the Looney Tunes, I'd also be kind of talking for them. Right. Even though they'd be, of course, um, expressing what they're feeling to me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it was a lot of fun either way. I always enjoyed um, going out and trying to make a kid's day too, yeah. um, which was always the special part of the job. 
that must have been the best part, as you said, like if you have someone meeting a Bugs Bunny or a Daffy Duck or a Tweety Bird, that must have been really, really sick, huh? Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, one of my favorite things, too, is on it was more on the slow days because on a busy day, you could never really do it. Mm-hmm. But when you could get it, if you were, could get a kid to go on a ride with you, um, we were allowed to go and we would just radio um, our supervisor just to make sure it was OK. Wow. Um, and there was really? something I went on where there was I remember I think it was either one or two like little girls. I think they were they were like sisters. And we asked their parents if they wanted to go on one of the kids rides with us. Um, and we it was like one of those little car rides. And I remember I was with Taz that day Taz. and we were going around and I, <laughs> we were doing all the talking. And then I'd look back and be like, Taz, are you having a good time? And he'd like nod his head. <laughs> um, and it's a lot of fun. And the kids really enjoy it, too, because it's it's more of a rare experience. Like many kids don't get to say they were on a ride with the character yeah so it's a lot of fun for them too yeah (laughs) look at that wow that is really cool actually now and after you know what i'm just curious what are you guys out for only like an hour two hours is that the rule or something i was just always curious about that or it just depends Oh, no, we're out a lot less than that. It's usually um, 30 to 45 minutes we're out for a set, and then we go inside. Oh, okay. Because um, it gets um, very tiring being out there for that long, especially in the heat of the summer, too. So we usually do 30 to 45 minute sets. Oh, okay. So I was only a little off there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and then after they take, you know, like if you have Bugs Bunny, he, he goes out or whoever the actor is in there. They take their mask off. You ever see them take their mask off? It's like, oh, my God, these people are nuts or these people are fun and stuff. Was that always a funny thing to see? Well, of course, it's Six Flags as the magic goes. When they go behind there, they're still Bugs Bunny to the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Great answer to that. Great answer. Oh, you know, one thing I've always wanted to do. I did this at a Six Flags in D.C. And I said, if I ever did this once. And as long as I'm properly trained, those rides that go zero to 60 in like three seconds, the roller coasters. I remember the ride operator did this and I was laughing the whole ride. He's like, all right, everybody, let me tell you the rules. Bam. Soup. And we were off and running. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like those people, that's them that's very much having a fun time with their job, too. And it shows that they're enjoying it. They're like, we're going to think these people are getting instructions. <laughs> <laughs> that's really that's really cool. So that's so you will see you would say that Six Flags is the place to be. Huh? It's a great place if you're young, want some money and um, a great experience. Uh, it sounds like it's it's a, it's a lot of fun to work at amusement park. Yes, it's definitely a lot of fun. I absolutely loved it. Every season has its own unique um, special benefits to it, too. Of course, for me, my favorite is Fright Fest because I love scaring people. Yes. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Could you talk to us about that? So what Fright Fest happens, spooky season, all the ghosts are out, the the air is crisp, the uh, leaves are changing. What exactly did you do for Fright Fest? And scaring people. Yeah, so it was definitely um, my favorite season because my favorite season in general is Halloween. That's always been my favorite holiday. And the section I worked in um, for Six Flags New England, I was in the kind of the back. It's called the woods area. And I worked in when I first started in 2017, the attractions were the Wicked Woods and Aftermath. The Wicked Woods. 
And Wicked Woods is kind of like ghosts and ghouls type thing. Just your like average kind of like woodland creature type stuff. Very well, Aftermath was zombies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then after 2017, they retired Wicked Woods because that one was around for a while. And then they brought Twisted Tales, which was Twisted Fairy Tales, which was my favorite attraction to work in. Um, and I was usually there afterwards um, for 2018 and 2019, where I helped with Hansel and Gretel. Um, the Evil Queen, um, Geppetto. So it was a lot of very fun characters that I got to be able to help out and play. Um, and I really enjoyed them. Um, and it was a lot of fun being able to be those different characters because fairy tales has always meant a lot to me. And okay. I've always really enjoyed them. And the makeup artists are incredible with the work that they're able yeah. to do to make you really look um, wild for the night. Um, and all of those characters I really enjoyed. It was my favorite thing getting to do those and i miss my characters i get to play in the twisted tales that's why i was like i wish i could go back this year but i decided not to just because of other things that i want to do in that season but i'm really hoping next year i'll be able to go back hey you know fall 2022 will be here before you know it and you go out there scare people do great at your job and um yeah, you're bringing the uh, spooky, spooky season. Have you ever made anybody you or heard of a story that like someone like got really scared? Not that anyone got hurt, but you ever see the that uh, Scooby and Shaggy moment like, see, ya, I'm out type of moments it shows that you were really good. Yeah, no, there's definitely been a lot that I've been able to get really scared. And you can kind of tell in your group which ones are the ones to kind of work with. And obviously, you don't go to yeah. the ones that are like really, really scared. I, I usually like I'm like, I'll leave them alone. <laughs> but I go to the ones that are more like in the middle. And I always like to try to get the hard people too. Like I wanted like, mm. it's more rewarding when you get one of them really scared. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like pick usually because I always have like a little place where I'm kind of looking in the group and I kind of pick my target before going out. Okay. Or like okay. first I do a big group scare and then I come back and I'm like, which one is the one that I'm going to really direct this scare to? Mm -hmm. um, but no, there's definitely been some stories of people I've heard that have either also like peed or even pooped their pants because oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. they got so scared. Um, I think I made at least a few people pee their pants, if I remember right, but I never made anyone poop their pants, but I have heard stories of people, <laughs> oh, I, I never got that honor. <laughs> well, again, it's never too late, whether in real life or exactly. the spooky season. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a nice it's kickoff to that. And yeah, I believe in you, Chris. You can scare these people. You could pee their pants if you believe in it. <laughs> exactly. That's what you got to do. And plus, one thing that was another favorite of mine with being in the Twisted Fairy Tales is because mm -hmm. you're, you're playing very much a character there. Like a lot of them, like you look at their like story tales and what they've been through and the kind right. of play that into the character and you could kind of mess with people too especially whenever i was playing um the evil queen mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun to call people all my peasants and really go after them and some yeah. people get like really like uptight too they're like i'm not a peasant and of course i'd be the person <laughs> i just mess with more because i'm just like oh you, you you asked for it you talked back to me yeah <laughs> like i'm a scary creature do you think i'm gonna take that <laughs> a result of this crazy world we're in we're all exactly. peasants falling to the great queen. <laughs> but hey, show you show your bossness out there and scare these people. We all need a good scare. And what are some other spooky seasons? You know, we're at the end of summer and, uh, you know, as we're obviously enjoying it, but we love our fall and spooky season. What other spooky season things you like to do? You like watching the horror movies? You like going the 
apple picking. You like the pumpkin spice latte. You like, um, I don't know, scaring people, obviously, at work, maybe in real life. Um, in this exotic place of Connecticut, people assume uh, and overseas that we're at. <laughs> what other spooky season things are your go to to enjoy? Yeah, one of my go-tos is I very much love apple cider. I love you having mm. like apple cider almost every day in the month of October. I love it. Um, and I've always wanted I want to catch up on all of my favorite horror movies and also my favorite just kind of Halloween movies like Hocus Pocus or Halloween Town. Yeah. Um, obviously you gotta fit those in. Halloween high too. Exactly. The whole Halloween Town um, trilogy. Well, and the fourth one too, but the fourth one isn't one of my favorites. I like the original trilogy. Yeah, well, um, that doesn't count. um but of course i watch my horror too even though i want i love horror movies and i get scared so much and i will continue to watch them no matter how much i get scared (laughs) but i think that's also why i like them so much because everyone i'm one of those people i like to get scared yeah (laughs) brings a real emotion that's one thing i've learned to appreciate watching horror movies and up until honestly the pandemic and i watched all the classics over 2020 i just for more appreciation of storytelling, I knew there's that aspect for watching the horror movie and being entertained by it. So having said that, Chris, what are some of your favorite horror movies? What are the ones that scare you for real? Whether it's The Shining or Frankenstein or Halloween or Toy Story 2, just kidding, or Good Burger. <laughs> but um, what are some of the horror movies that you really enjoy? Um, two of my all-time favorite horror movies are Halloween and also Scream, because I'm a big fan of slasher movies. Um, a lot of them aren't done well, though. There's like I'm a fan of like the ones that are done well, which is harder to find one because there's right. a lot of ones that they just kind of make cheaply. Exactly. Um, and just trying to be gory for the heck of it. Exactly. And that's why those two are two of my favorites, because Halloween's just pure scary. Yeah. And then Scream is more like funny, but also really scary. Exactly. They always scare me in particular because they're ones where I'm like, this could actually happen because I'm like one. (laughs) I'm like, I believe in ghosts and stuff, but I'm enough of where I'm like, that would never happen to me, at least. But a slasher movie, I'm like, there's enough nuts in this world. I'm like, you never know. So it scares me more. I check my lock on my door probably like eight times before going to bed after watching one. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm there the rest of life through these stories. You remember at U-Heart that whole clown phenomenon? Oh, it all, not, o- <laughs> not only um, at U-Heart, but I mean, all over the country, there was people dressing as clowns, legitimately scaring people and, you know, being assholes. But um, I remember people wrote in the rocks, they literally wrote clown and stuff. I mean, that's... That was a little smirk laugh, but, you know, there were so many people who took it too far, but that felt like living in a horror movie, right? It really did. And I know some of my um, friends that worked at Subway were kind of scared walking home at night, especially oh. if they were freshmen, because they had to go all the way kind of through like that little wooded section. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was definitely really scary when that was happening. And then another favorite for me is actually it, too. I love right. the original it and then the new it um, classics right there. Yeah, those movies are amazing. And those ones always scare me. But again, it's one of those they scare me. But I'm like, I'm hopeful there's not a killer clown after me. But that year I was a little bit more on edge than usual. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just just turning around side to side, making sure everything's OK. Yeah, I would have to say my favorite horror movies. I really like The Shining just of how tense and suspenseful it is. And I really. OK, 
This is going to be a weird answer. I like this horror movie, but I will not rewatch it because it's so good at being really creepy. Is the movie you ever see Midsummer? I've heard of Midsummer and I've wanted to see it, but it's one I'm not sure if I'd like it or not because it looked very, like, really creepy. Yes. <laughs> I do suggest if you watch horror movies. It has all the... It, marks all the boxes for horror movies and takes it to another level. And maybe that's why it's, uh, it's a little bit uh, daunting to watch. But I think it's worth, if you're a horror movie, watch it once. And it's just, it's the most, I mean, it's about a Swedish festival where these people go for an escape and they round up aren't being in a cult and seeing how that all transpires. And my endorsement is it literally is the scariest, most disturbing horror movie I ever saw, but it really is entertaining and a great film. So it's on Amazon Prime if you have that. And I really, really suggest it still. That's probably my favorite horror for the fact that it really got what the the point of the horror movie out of me. I also really like Get Out. That's probably another great one. Also, um, very woke film and has something to say worth listening to as well. Yes, definitely. I'll have to check out Midsummer and um, Get It Out, too. I, I love Get Out and Us. I think Jordan yeah. Peele is just a, a visionary. Like, his oh, movies yes. are amazing. Get and ready I for 2022. very underrated. I was hoping it was going to get a little bit more Oscar buzz because Lupita Nyong'o's performance oh, in yeah. that film was my favorite of the year. I didn't think anyone Absolutely. surpassed her. I thought she was incredible. And I thought it was when I saw that, like, nominations, I was like, how did they exclude her in so many different award shows? Because she really, truly, I thought, gave the best performance because that's also a hard performance to play too right. like it was very difficult yeah she's playing like the good person uh, and i was also like her evil side too and it's like very tricky then she mastered it it's your own worst enemy some people pull it off some people can and make it a parody of themselves and she really brought the other characters out so excellent choices with that and yeah, Jordan Peele, I saw you already announced next July, he'll have his next film. And I think the only reason the Oscar buzz was tough, it came out so early in the year. And I yeah. think there, there's something to having Oscars coming out later in the year to have fresher minds for the award season voters. So um, yeah, hopefully they figure it out for the next one. So just one last two more things to go, Chris. We've been killing it for an hour. I hope you've been enjoying it as much as I have. This has been a really great catching up and talking and all that fun stuff we're doing. Um, I hope you've been having a good time with it. Yes, I definitely have. I, re I really enjoyed being on today and having a great conversation. Absolutely. Thank you for the kind words, Chris. So I just want to know what you've been binging lately. What, uh, whether shows, films, podcasts, YouTube rabbit holes, TikToks, what have you been binging lately? Just because I, you have a great view on pop culture, and I'm just genuinely interested to hear. Yeah, and I've been binging a lot of TV. I'm always binging TV. I never really stop. <laughs> there's so many good shows. It's it's hard. Um, but the most recent one that I just finished was Outer Banks season two. I watched it My all brother the weekend it show. came out. It is so good. It's if you love the Goonies, you'll love Outer Banks. Oh, it's okay. The same treasure hunting, like fun adventure escapism fun summer show with a great cast um that really truly is like fun off screen too because i follow them all on instagram and tiktok and they're always like having shenanigans together and doing fun stuff and the show itself i me and my roommates all watched it and it's funny because um when we watched the first season 
um, we all watched it at different times because one of my roommates, she was the first one to watch it. And then mm-hmm. I watched it myself. And then he ended up watching it afterwards because we all, it was kind of like that chain effect where like one watch and they're like, well, you Love have it. to. So then we got on it, but we never watched it together. So then we ended up rewatching the season one together and now, and watch all of season two in one weekend because it was that good. Um, and it's, if it's perfect for the summer because it's really a summer escapism just fun show with a lot of action um comedy and adventure and also thrilling like it has all the aspects that you want in a great show in it mm, okay okay yeah, that actually now i have i'm inspired to watch it because my brother really loves that show and now that it's coming around someone's telling me to check it out good good choices with that yeah the last thing i binge was community right now i'm binging fleabag on amazon prime you have been to see that no, Fleabag's one I've wanted to watch, but I don't have Amazon Prime. So that's why one of my roommates does. So I'll have to borrow his to um, watch it because I've heard yeah. Fleabag's like incredible. So I've been wanting to watch it. Absolutely. It's only 12 episodes, a whole series, two seasons, six episodes each. But I'm really liking our perspective just about a, you know, 30 something living in London, figuring it out, but more. But again, Having something to say, great female lead, um, and Flora and um, and Phoebe Waller, Phoebe Waller. Blah. Today, my me and my day with uh, pronunciations, but we will improve, I promise. But Phoebe Waller Bridge, who's uh, turning into a Renaissance woman herself, it's a great show with that, and I'm also. Um, I've just been watching a lot of movies lately too. Just been catching up on the movies and just put what binging one show, and uh, maybe Outer Banks is the next one. I'm somebody who likes to binge one at a time, and um, I watched this documentary on CNN called The History of Sitcoms. So, um, really great, especially you love TV and the history of TV, and you know, they're just going through the history of sitcoms, and there's all these shows that are now available to us on streaming services. Like I watched, started watching the first few episodes of I Love Lucy, and I was not surprised that I laughed at it a lot as much as I did, but it was great to see. Wow, it shows that great comedy can last no matter what generations. So I've been watching some of those and like all the episodes are all over the place because of production codes and stuff. Uh, I was watching all in the family to see that um, that perspective and the game changing stuff there uh i watched a show called soap with brilly crystal uh i've been of uh, just putting myself to watch all these episodes it's uh i just love getting the culture and learning something from it you know exactly and that's really great too because it's always good to watch um the older shows too because yes. they really can add something because um, I've seen a few episodes of I Love Lucy. I've never like binged it, but I, I did really enjoy what I've seen of it when it's ever yes. been like back, probably like back in high school. And I'd see like sometimes they'd have like the reruns on cable. Right. Um, and I'd watch a few. And Lucille Ball is just incredible. Legend. Um, so I really enjoyed what I saw of it. Yes. Watch it on Hulu, everybody. I Love Lucy. Yes. So I'm uh, three episodes in with that. And, um, yeah, it's just non linear funny, obviously very different time, but uh, it's a great, great storytelling and it's very interesting and seeing how much we have evolved in television as well. And again, as we were talking about before, giving more communities authenticity to tell their stories now, it's a beautiful time to see that, you know. 
Exactly. And that's one thing I really love about how there's so much content now is that there's so many people getting to tell their story in so many different communities yep. and types of people. And it's really amazing that there is now all these outlets and people are getting more diverse shows out there for people right. to watch and really truly learn about too. Um, Cause one of the greatest ways to learn is by watching a TV show really, yeah. cause it's the way you learn about people. Exactly. And doing it in an authentic and entertaining way, you won't be disappointed. And thank you to all our great content creators, writers out there, no matter what community you come from to entertain us. I'm excited to see where things are going. So, Chris, again, this has been such a pleasure the whole way through. I just want to do one last thing with you, which is called the Proust Questionnaire, which is 10 short but deep questions from inside, inspired by Inside the Actor's Studio. And I would just love to hear what you have to say about these 10 questions. So are you ready, Chris? Yeah, sure. That sounds great. Let's get to it. My first question for you in the Proust questionnaire, Chris, what is your favorite word? Um, well, that one's a difficult one. I can't think of what my favorite word would be. <laughs> I love uh, it for that reason. Um, yeah, probably my honestly, my roommates would have a better answer than what I'd probably think of because they're used to hearing me repeat things a lot. <laughs> um, but could I do a favorite phrase instead? Yes, you may. Um, don't shimmer your shine. I probably say a lot. Don't shimmer, like, don't your, shimmer shine. your shine or don't shimmer my shine or vice versa. That's one that I always like to say too. Um, that I think is like a fun little phrase. You got that. Ah, great little phrase there. That is our longest answer for our favorite word. And we're going to count it. Great, great stuff. May I ask this now? What is your least favorite word? Um... Probably this is most people's answer, but moist. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's not. A, it doesn't come up as frequent as we did. And like now we, we've done a lot of these shows and uh, yeah, believe it or not, that hasn't come too much. So we do have an original answer there. There may be only the third or fourth time um, over 95 shows. So uh, no shame in that. And uh, yeah, it does give us the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> so this question now, when I ask it, I say the same thing. This isn't a sexual question, as some people with uh, dirty minds like to think. But again, if that's your answer, no judgment. But this is more of a life and fulfillment question. What turns you on in this world, Chris? Um, Probably kindness. Yeah, you know, I just love seeing, especially when there's bad events, Um. I always like to read, especially on BuzzFeed, all the kind kindness type articles and um. Uh, it always just brings kind of like a tear to my eye seeing how people step up in bad situations. Exactly. I think uh, it's like the old um, Mr. Rogers quote. There's always someone willing to help. And I think more people are decent than we like to think. So, you know, just give peace a chance, give people a chance and you'd be surprised what they uh, pull off for you for the right reason. So having said that, what turns you off in this world? Um, hatred um that's um always turns me off i just can't understand why people would hate people for just who they are um so that's one thing that would definitely turn me off in the world is hatred and ugliness damn straight damn straight on that one so the next question is what sound or noise do you love um 
that's another difficult one. Um, sound or noise? It's kind of a generic answer, but I guess just music, like kind of like even just if it's like a beat in music, hey, that's any type of music I love. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So, what sound or noise do you hate? Um, bad music. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that that would be a good answer, but I was gonna say actually they're very necessary, but fire alarms. Oh, because it's really usually at least luckily for me, like knock on wood, um, it's always just because of a warning or someone's cooking right. or something. So that's why I always hate them. But it's a very needed noise that I hate for sure. I mean the U heart fire alarms. They they really develop. They created some sound to really annoy us. <laughs> and yeah. uh, my high school people would pull the fire alarm on the reg just because, you know, man, that noise, <laughs> uh, especially high school, Chris, they would just literally do it for the hell of it. You just walk somebody, <laughs> hey, look at me. <laughs> then you have to have everyone come, the cops and everyone's mad and, uh the fire alarm stories, man. <laughs> and then it just rings in your ear all day, too. It's like you can't get rid of the noise. Uh, <laughs> that's why we need the music to push us through. <laughs> exactly. What is your favorite curse word? Um, Probably just like fuck, usually, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Classic. It's uh, used for everything and every, we, we've really figured out the most unique ways to use that word, so... <laughs> it's yeah. uh it's definitely uh a mainstay so what profession other than your own chris would you like to attempt um probably if i had to attempt another one it would be acting it's always been um a passion for mine to more pursue it as a profession um besides obviously the fright fest um and mm -hmm. six flags i'd like I've always wanted to act in either a TV show or a movie, uh, preferably TV, actually, because I just really like the medium. Yeah. Um, but that's always been a goal of mine is to somehow make it um, onto either a TV show or honestly a reality show. I've always thought that I could thrive on. <laughs> hey, it's never too late, Chris. And you can make a lot of money for a production company or streaming services with your talent. So, oh, I am in your corner for that, Chris. I can't wait to see what you pull off as talent. Thank you. Those are great words to hear. <laughs> hey, it's my pleasure. And it's the truth. So we are definitely going to look out for you, Chris DeGray. And having said that, what profession would you not like to do? Uh, well, I would definitely be accounting because that's actually what I originally went to you, Hart, for mm -hmm. before I switched to marketing and communications. Um, and it was one thing I liked it enough in high school where I was like, okay, I can make money doing this. But then when I, math just goes really over my head. I, it's like too much for me to understand. So I would really hate to be accounting. I find it just very droning. Um, and you definitely have to have a certain type of brain to be able to process all those numbers and be able to look at them and get them right. right. And also not get anxious because then you're dealing with people's finances and stuff. So not to be getting anxious that you might make a mistake somewhere. Because I know yeah. me, I'd probably be also very anxious, like worrying because it's like not like in you where you're just taking a class. Like these are real people's finances you're dealing with and their taxes. Right. So <laughs> you using your skills for other things. I hear that. So my final question for today, Chris, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, I guess that's just that, um, 
I lived a good life and that I was able to happily affect others that I like made an impact in others, I would say. Beautiful answer, Chris. And we all know that you're definitely on the road to do that. So, Chris, this has been one great pleasure. I had a lot of fun. I hope you want to come back on again, especially love. We could definitely nerd out on uh, pop culture and stuff, too, for if you ever want to come on shows for that, that would be uh, really great. And uh, I, I really value and respect your opinion when it comes to that stuff, especially. So we'd love to have you come back on if you're up for it. And uh, is there any other final words you have to say to us or the audience? Uh, just, yeah, I'd definitely be down to come on again. It was a lot of fun. And um, I can always talk about pop culture for for like eons. <laughs> like I love pop culture so much, yes, um, but it was yes, definitely yes. a great pleasure being on today and being able to catch up with you too. Yes. I enjoyed every second. I am still getting that shirt. And uh, Chris, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure and I'm looking forward to staying in touch and we'll definitely be doing this again really soon. So keep making us proud. Enjoy the rest of your summer. And uh, that's a great Chris DeGray, everybody. Thank you, my friend. We'll see you really soon. Yes, thank you so much, Matt. All right. You have a great night, buddy. You too, Matt. That's Chris DeGray, everybody. What an incredible appearance. What a warm-hearted individual. And what a fantastic human being. Chris, thank you so much for an amazing appearance. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdCovalPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Like I said... We are off for a week starting now. August 23rd, which is next Monday, will be the day we return with a wrestling episode reflecting on WWE's SummerSlam. And then on Thursday, episode 99, will be the great Louie as our first in-studio guest since December. And yeah, then Monday after that, two weeks from Monday, is the 100th episode of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is really going to be a special time. And uh, I can't wait to experience the, jo- the journey with you, the greatest listeners and fans in the world. And this show isn't possible without you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world. Thank you to my amazing audience for making this possible as we continue to work hard, make great content, and like I said, entertain, inform, and inspire you the greatest audience ever. So thank you for that. Thank you, my great friend and guest, Chris DeGray, for coming on the show, who's also agreed to be a pop culture correspondent on the Productive Conversations podcast. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, we're still booking shows. We have a lot of things to look forward to in a football season, both NFL and college football, and our baseball coverage will be returning again soon as we go to the dog days of the baseball season in September and yeah I mean most importantly just enjoy this summer everybody there's only a few weeks left of it Labor Day will be here before you know it though we love the fall and the fall's obviously my favorite time of the year and it's a special place now because the show started in the fall 
And there's just so much more to look forward to. Like I said, even though the show is off next week, check us out on our social media platforms as we celebrate the first 100 podcasts and we show off all the 100 plus guests that have been on the show and we highlight some of our best classic and favorite moments it is going to be a great time all next week as we celebrate the first 100 episodes of the podcast so until then you enjoy all that content coming to you on social media again that's instagram at productive conversations podcast that is twitter at prod convo pod that is tiktok at productive conversations and we are really going to put smiles on your face wow you inspire you and uh be real about it and show authentic moments with some of the greatest people in the world who have been on this show. So like I said, I'm off for a week. I will see you on Monday, August 23rd. And until then, enjoy the rest of the summer. Even if it is very hot, stay cool, and just be happy to experience that sunlight and good summer vibes. I know I will, and I know you will too. So make big moves until I talk to you again on the 23rd. And I'm proud of you. My name is Matt Brown. I'm the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And I will see you all very, very soon. Love you all. Peace.